You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 14 of the Lunch Break Podcast. My name is James Bodden, and I have Jesse Perot on the show today. Jesse and I connected almost a year ago on LinkedIn, and he is somebody who is the epitome of an example of somebody who's literally changed their life through the power of networking and having the mindset that there is always something valuable that you can gain from a conversation with somebody else. And right now he is the VP of marketing at Coverage Corp. And I'm, I'm really excited because the Lunch Break podcast is a place where sales pros go to tell their stories. And I am a firm believer that everybody in life and in business should be and is a sales pro. And so regardless if he's running a marketing department or not, I'm happy to have you here, Jesse. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot, James. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I can uh, definitely touch on the sales and the marketing aspect. Is uh, they they go hand in hand, and I have experience in both. And uh, you're 100 percent right. Uh, you know, LinkedIn uh, is definitely something that's changed my life, and in, in, in particularly just uh, just meeting people and and having genuine conversations, and you know, being uh, you know, studying a little bit of emotional intelligence and, and understanding how to connect with people and how to empathetically listen and to see where that went. Uh, and I I was never somebody uh, who would ever consider that I was an introvert growing up so you know I, mm. I played uh, I played video games and avoided people at all costs <laughs> that is so interesting to me and you know kind of just diving right into it this this journey and what we're going to talk about today of you connecting with over 500 people cups of coffee uh, you know, this this is a journey that is so on the other side of somebody who, you know, was a was a video game player and, and didn't want to talk to anybody. So just give us some background on how you went from that much of an introvert yeah. to and I wouldn't say that doing what you've done makes you an extrovert. Because I'm a firm believer that if you're an ext- uh, an introvert, you're always going to be an introvert. If you're 100%. an extrovert, you're always yeah. going to be an extrovert. But so, what did you do, and 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 how did you get started on this journey? And then we'll talk about the journey itself. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great question. I think it was something for me that took a lot of time, um, and you know, a lot of a lot of struggle. There are many points in my life that were you know really dark, and I tried to learn from it and, and get out of those dark places. And uh, you know, it, it's not something that happened overnight. Um, but you know, I was always fascinated in mentorship, and I found several mentors when I was young. Uh, still an introvert, so talking to people was. You know, it's it's always been something outside of my comfort zone. But there came a point when somebody said something to me, uh, one of my early mentors, and he said, you know, you'll you'll never be comfortable until you become uncomfortable. And uh, you know, he said that, and I I said, you know, that's so true. That is so true. And I had to almost kind of reprogram my brain and associate that uncomfortable feeling with growth and progress. And that was a huge challenge. Um, and it took a long time, but you know. 
you, when you don't see uh, you know anything in return or anything really happening right away, it's difficult to stay on that path. I, I'll admit that, uh, but I kind of stuck at it, and I said, you know, this is really uncomfortable. I'm not used to going to big events. I'm not used to meeting people in person, let alone talking to them, uh, you know, necessarily on the phone. And then as I felt that that uncomfortable feeling, I just kept saying to myself, you know, look, this is what I have to do. If I'm going to become comfortable and I know I need to do these things to get to where I want in life. Um, and I just kept telling myself that. And then eventually over time, it became it became more natural. And like you said, though, you're, you know, you're, you're always an introvert. You're not it's not, I, I'd still love to not, you know, necessarily have to, uh, you know, engage with people all the time, but I, I appreciate it so much more now and it's much more natural. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of is, I just, over time, I kept that, that mentality and it eventually kind of shifted things for me. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a great example of kind of, first of all, I think your experience with going through tough times and, and having, uh, issues with connecting with other people. So many people, especially now in mm -hmm. this world that we live in, in this digital world where you really don't have to interact with anybody if you don't want to. Yeah, it's crazy. That, that kind of desire to figure out a way around that is something that I think we all have somewhere. Yeah. I think everybody has that desire and being courageous enough to just start figuring it out. And, and I think one of the most important parts of, of this beginning part of your journey is that you have these mentors. Yeah. You, 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 you had the wherewithal to seek out people who were outside of that, you know, dark cloud that might've been over you or exactly. that way of thinking that could just be like, Hey, this is this is what this is and 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 you can you can approach things a different way and for that mentor to tell you you know you'll never be comfortable until you're making yourself uncomfortable is such golden advice yeah that i personally wish i had gotten earlier in life because one of the things that i talk about a lot I love my mom and she was great raising me growing up, but there, there wasn't ever any desire to really push me out of my comfort zone. She never wanted me to really, you know, do anything that was going to make me super uncomfortable. She never signed me up for any activity that I didn't necessarily already want to do yeah. and like that. And so that was tough for me to learn that lesson and carve that new pathway and new method of behavior. And so you, you figure this out, you start figuring out that, okay, I've got to put myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So even from that, because I think a lot of people, and, and what I love is at the beginning of the, every year, you always see the influx of people that are now being active on places like LinkedIn. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's so great because obviously they have this, you know, resolution to do more and connect with more people. So a lot of people get to that stage. Hey, yeah. I've climbed out of this. I've got, I've sought out some mentors. I know what I need to do. How do you go from that to 500? Right. I mean, the, the, the consistency of just, because I mean, I've, 
not met 500 people for coffee. Yeah. So what kept you, you know, uh, motivated to yeah. do that? No, that's a, that's a great question. And I mean, I don't know what the full number is. I just know that the CRM at the time of changing my status was well over 500. And those were all people I met for coffee. So yeah. it's probably well over that. And I, and I always stress too, it's the quantity thing gets people's attention, but it really was always about the quality, quality emphasis, quality time with the people was really important. Um, so I guess I could just kind of jump into my story a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess when I was younger, so I, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, your mom. Um, I was very much, my mom was very similar in the sense that catered to me. I even thought about making a LinkedIn post of, you know, the, cutting the, the crust off my sandwich as a kid kind of made me a little weak, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, symptom of a mama's boy. I'm in that same club, man. <laughs> so, you know, and I think, and my dad was the opposite. So he was an entrepreneur and he was the one that would kind of pushed me to be uncomfortable growing up and yeah. but I never was you know I, I always try to stay in my comfort zone um, but then when I was 15 I um, you know I lived in a small village there were no job opportunities so I said you know okay, I know I know my neighbors uh, you know they're largely elderly individuals I'm gonna go knock on their door and see if they'll let me cut their lawn and do their their leaves in the the fall and their snow in the winter and stuff so I did that and I started a business, I marketed it, and then I had my little neighborhood, right, where I started, started uh, you know, producing some, some, some good results for uh, my clients and they, they enjoyed it. I was getting paid a lot at the time as a kid and I was like, this is interesting. I pushed myself, put myself out there and, you know, people are paying me to come do the work and stuff. It was really exciting. I was so scared. I knew these people growing up, like, you know, I'd go over to their house and they'd give me candy and stuff. And yeah. um, even at that, it was very uncomfortable for me. Um, so that was kind of the first start. And then over the years, my focus has always been, you know, it has been sales and marketing. And I, I believe those two are intertwined. And if they're not, that's kind of an issue in 2019 because they should be very closely working together. Um, so I got involved into a bunch of different roles over time, you know, a big thing for me was exploring my curiosities. I think that's really important. And a lot of people don't do it enough. Um, you know, we kind of jump into something because, you know, the money or we're told to do it or, or whatever's impacting our belief system. Um, for me, I did, I probably did 30 different jobs. You know, I did stores, inventory controls at General Electric when I was younger. I worked my mom's job in a factory where she wasn't really happy. Um, oh, wow. I, I my dad ran a DJ business. So when I was 16, you know, he gave me the keys to the van and said, go DJ this wedding. I've never, never did it in my life. That was so nerve wracking. So all those little things eventually pushed me. And then I ended up in a lot of, um, you know, marketing and sales roles. And uh, in particularly, when I got into the digital marketing agency world, um, you know, I met somebody for coffee once. And, uh, you know, I never really met people for coffee. I did a weird old sales approach. You know, I did some cold calling and, you know, we had a lot of inbound and stuff, uh, but I never just actually met some somebody for coffee that that I really didn't see in the market. Like it was just a, a random individual reached out to me and uh, I accepted it. I didn't know what was going to come from it. And I met with him and we're very good friends today. And he introduced me to the works of Simon Sinek, Start With Why, and as well as Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Well, when I read, I mean, I love both those books, but when I read How to Win Friends and Influence People, I started to get really fascinated with emotional intelligence and, and how most conversations are me, 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 and you know how it's how you can differentiate yourself and actually impact the person across from you. Mm -hmm. So I got fascinated by that. Yeah. And I, 
and I said, you know, I'm, I, I need business. I was, I was in, a, I put myself, I'm known for putting myself in pressure situations to get things done, where if I don't do it, there's a huge consequence at the end of it. But yeah. that's how I end up working. Um, so I was in one of those situations and I was like, you know, it's pretty crazy. Well, I'm just going to ask random people uh, for coffee and just see what will come from it. Um, the qualification criteria probably could have been a little bit, uh, you know, more defined, but, um, at the end of it, I found out, you know, that, uh, just building relationships, you're able to, you know, you're able to do some incredible things. I met with salespeople, marketing people. Um, you know, a lot of these people weren't the, the decision makers ultimately in, in buying digital marketing services. So I would meet with a salesperson and the whole, the whole, I had a rule and you might say it was a little bit strict and it was, I would not talk about myself unless they asked me about myself. Um, and I lived by that rule to a, a little bit of an insanity level. Um, <laughs> there, there were many conversations, uh, surprisingly, where I never mentioned anything about myself. Um, and I just loved it because I knew they were so happy venting and telling me mm -hmm. and I asked the right questions and they could tell that I was genuinely interested. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, at the end of a lot of these conversations, they'd hit me up and be like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I felt like I was talking about myself the whole time or I'd see they viewed my LinkedIn profile after if it was like a call and wasn't a coffee chat, they'd like checking my profile out. Like, damn, I never gave that guy, you know. The, the time to see what he was about. He just was so focused on me and, you know, building genuine relationships over time became, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And I ended up getting business from, you know, those sales guys, they influenced their, you know, their, their employer, which ended up buying digital marketing services, or they knew somebody that influenced somebody. And, you know, it was actually around probably the 200th person that I realized the power of it all when I, I sat down with them and, you know, they said to me, they said, uh, you know, Jesse, John was just talking about me or talking about you last week. And I'm like, uh, John Hennessy. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, this is a small world. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, Ottawa That's is, a powerful moment. Yeah, it was very powerful. So I, I knew I had to keep at it. And, uh, you know, to this day, I, I still, I still meet people for coffee, not at all like I used to, uh, because, you know, I was able to also justify it from being in a bit of a business development role, yeah. um, where today it's, I'm very, very focused on the marketing side of things, but I still, I still try and find the time to meet people because, um, I've, you just learned so many valuable lessons. And I mean, you realize that we're all, we all deal with a lot of the same things too, right? Yeah. I mean, I think you, that, that moment of reading Dale Carnegie's book. And I remember this from the first time that we spoke, that was a crazy moment in my life as well, because yeah. as, as, as somebody who had spent years in sales and somebody who was always able to feel like I was a good conversationalist and made people feel comfortable and all of these things, all these notions I had about myself. And then to realize like, whoa, okay, this is a different ball game and very similar to you became very obsessed with yeah, having yeah. conversations and never talking about myself. I, to this day, there were, there was probably, I don't know, a, six month period where every Monday I would just kind of take note of how many people asked how my weekend was. Right. Yeah. And then 
I would say, oh, it was wonderful. How was yours? Just just to see, right? Yeah, yeah. And the five-minute speech that would ensue with the same people every week and then the people who would flip it back and yeah. say, mine was great too. What did, what did you do? And it was, yeah. and, and what was interesting is I started to notice it so much that one of the guys I asked if he had read Dale Carnegie's book <laughs> and he was like, Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite books. And I just gave him a big high five. Right. Yeah. You, um, you, because you really do, it changes the way that people perceive you. And it also changes to me. It's just so, so much more enriching. Yeah, it's real, because, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't care about myself and and I know what I've been through and all that jazz and so what what a better way to spend your time than to getting to know somebody who has all of this experience in their life that's completely unique to them. Yeah. No, for sure. I uh through that I realized um you know, having real conversations, people know when you're being real first off, yep. um, you know, you can kind of put a mask on or whatever and fake it, but people will read right through that. Yeah. Um, so like, I always had a curiosity about people. That was never an issue for me. My issue was actually doing something about it uh, because I was so, I, I didn't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but you know, that curiosity really shows when I talk with people because I ask so many questions and they're genuine questions. And, you know, some of them, they eventually get more personable and I feel people out on how, how far they're willing to go in our conversations. Yep. Uh, yep. And I want to, I want to respect the boundaries, but I mean, and there's been times where I met with somebody for the first time and they started crying at the end of it. Um, this happened actually multiple times. Sound like a horrible person to have coffee with. Right? Yeah, right. Jesse, what are you doing to these people when you sit down for coffee? Are you burning? Are they burning their tongue or what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, like, just um, I guess you know, being able to ask the right questions and connect with them, they felt that they were they'd be comfortable to share certain things with me. For instance, you know, a woman that sat down with me and said. You know, Shag, I don't know why I'm getting into this with you, but, uh, you know, like a couple months ago, um, somebody had stolen a business partner, stole $50,000 from the business. And I, I really needed that to, you know, to feed the kids and stuff. And just yeah. some of those deeper emotional conversations, um, you know, it's not something I would never think I would ever have with somebody, um, no, well, especially someone I met for the first time, right? Yeah, well, that's a very interesting phenomenon and it's one that happens all the time. That was one of the first lessons that I learned when I got into retail. Okay. Yeah. Because you're a captive audience for people. Yeah. And so there were many strangers that I met for the first time that were buying a case and just found out way too much about what was going on. So there are people <laughs> that will, are, are kind of looking for that. And especially when you're in a scenario where you're just being genuinely curious about what's going on with that other person. Yeah. Again, we live in this world where everything's surface level, everything's disconnected from behind a screen. And so yeah. when given, when somebody can sense that they're in front of somebody that truly cares and is giving them time of day and is looking them in the eye and truly listening. No wonder the, you know, waterworks start or the venting starts or whatever yeah. it is, because we're all kind of starving for it, I think. So that speaks to 
I think also your ability to reach the number of people that you have reached because who who doesn't want to to have a genuine conversation nowadays um and and so you know your journey teaches you about the personal side of things and then bringing it back to the business side like you said there's such a difference in a salesperson that genuinely cares and is asking questions from their heart yeah i know for sure and like for instance you brought up something um you know i there was a point when i had to decide you know am i just going to call people and have phone call you know phone calls with people and you know that's definitely something to do and something i did but when i really got into it i I said i tried to make a point of meeting face to face just because all those cues are there the visual and audio cues and everything there and i I felt like when you're in the same space as somebody you're going to be able to i mean we're connecting right now but when you're in the same space as somebody it, it really is different and I, I believe that so i made that's a big reason why you know i've made it to uh made the point of it to be having coffee uh mm. and, and shop so like you know there are many times i drive you know an hour to go have coffee with somebody and there you know there was like no sales opportunity in sight and i'm like i'm just gonna meet with them they know some of the people i know and i'm like this is what i have to do and uh you know it it seems like a difficult thing, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's cost money too, right? Like the coffee, offering yeah. coffee, the parking, the gas, the repairs on the car. It's yep. not cheap, but I mean, I can tell you firsthand, the, you know, their ROI is there uh, in relationships. It's insane. I have so many good friends, so many good connections, and I constantly learn from those people now, right? It's, uh, it's incredible, you know, the stories they, sh- and that's the other thing is, I think another big thing for me was I wanted to learn from the stories of others, you know, so that, you know, something that might take somebody 10 years to learn a valuable lesson, I can learn it in their story. So, you know, I don't have to spend 10 years of doing that to experience that failure that they learned the lesson from, right? Mm. I mean, so powerful, so powerful because your willingness to do those things and drive an hour and take that opportunity cost yeah really is it it speaks to and i don't want to get too airy here but i really do believe in in putting things into the universe and so i feel like you were just kind of filling up this bucket of just giving and, and and just truly being curious with being completely genuine and if you put enough of that out there the way that it comes back is clients for your business or a connection that helps you make a move forward in your own career or whatever it is. But it it starts with doing it without any expectation of anything in return, which is exactly super hard to, for most people to do. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. How did you, so, okay. Honestly, for me, when I, started a very similar journey of making it a point to connect with people and and without any ulterior motive or sales opportunity or whatever it was truthfully the first couple of times i was like okay i i naturally expect something out of these types of conversations so i'm going to go into this and i'm not going to talk about myself. I'm not going to make it about an opportunity or anything like that. But it very much was something that I had to like consciously say, James, 
don't do this, don't expect anything in return. And then after a few times, you realize, well, the real joy and value comes from just the conversation. Yeah. And then that's what starts fueling it. So yeah. for somebody out there that is wanting to start a similar journey, what would you say they could do to get started? Yeah. Right? No. So for me, um, that's a great point. The whole, uh, the whole th idea of, you know, not expecting something in return. I, I, that's so, so important. Yeah. Um, and I think naturally I was programmed that same way. I thought, you know, should I transition this conversation into, you know, their interests around marketing and how it could help their business. And then I'm like, no, I, and then I got really good at just, you know, feeling people out. And sometimes what would often happen actually is they would bring it up and be like, so I see you're in marketing. What can, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, this is the type of thing that we do specific example to, you know, their industry, their business. And like, yeah. oh, that might actually be able to help me. And I'm like, they're kind of selling themselves. Right. So I think that's really important in regards to getting started. For me, it was a couple uh, LinkedIn messages to people that I followed on LinkedIn. I thought were interesting. I thought, you know, their, their values were in alignment with mine. And you know what about, I don't know, maybe 5% of people got back to me because uh, I reached out to, you know, 10 or 20 and, you know, very few got back to me. And here's the crazy thing and something I encourage. So when, when you do that, expect uh, very few people to get back to you. I think it's becoming more common now. I'm seeing it to be more common. Um, but reach out to, you know, some people that you identify as, you know, potentially like-minded, um, somebody that you can learn from, somebody, you know, that whole finding people that are kind of like mentors, you know, somebody that you look up to in a way because of something they do, not necessarily money, you know, whatever your values are, um, but maybe they are just, you know, really good, uh, you know, charitable people and, uh, you know, very involved in the community in areas that you're passionate about. Yeah. So find those people, message them and, you know, hit them up a couple of times if needed. They might not get back to you. LinkedIn messaging could be pretty crazy. And, um, you know, eventually start sitting down with people. What really changed for me was documenting that journey. So um, that that really changed. So today, like you know, I honestly, I and it's not to boast or anything, but I have at least eighty people have requested to have coffee with me that are in like a list to have coffee with. And when I started, like I said, literally nobody wanted to have coffee with me. Everybody was like, you know, what are you going to sell me? You know, what, what, what's the point of this? I don't get it. And when I started documenting my journey by simply, you know, having these great conversations with people and then once again, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, shooting a video with them saying, Hey, I'm with whoever it may be, Seku Kaba, Olympian. Uh, he's, you know, uh, speaking on this topic, really great guy. You can learn this and this from him. All of a sudden you create this social proof and people start to look at you differently. And it's so weird because nothing has ever changed for me. Just <laughs> the, I'm documenting the journey. I truly believe that I didn't document that and like post it on LinkedIn and that I'm meeting all these people that um, my response rate would be still quite low. Um, so I think documenting is, it, it is really important, but you have to start with, with dealing with the, uh, you know, most people not accepting. Yeah. And you could, and, and you could start by documenting that. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, literally, and that is such an important piece. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Jesse. I mean, that's how we met. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's how lots of the relationships that I have now have started from me documenting my journey. And there are so many 
barriers that people, I believe, arbitrarily put in front of themselves, thinking that they're not good enough or haven't been around long enough or haven't made enough money or all of the different things that they can't share on social. They can't, you know, make a video or write a post or whatever it is. But the truth is, I, that's the stuff I love the most is watching the journey of somebody who's figuring something out. And, you know, it's one of the things that I love about your guy, Jeff at coverage, his journey, yeah, the journey of a salesman. Yeah. It's a perfect example of the documentation of what he's been doing. And what's so great is when you're doing it like that, your, your personal brand in quotes or your reputation, essentially, because yep. that's what a personal brand is, your reputation can be advantageous for yourself and the companies that you work for along the way because they're yep. a part of your journey. And yep. so I think it's just an all-around great idea for everybody to be documenting their journey and and what I wish, I, the, obviously the majority of the people that listen to this are sales and marketing focused, but yeah. I want to see like a journey of like an operations guy Yeah, because then that would help me understand yeah. what they go through. And so if everybody was doing this and everybody thought this way, it would just, uh, first of all, I'd be a lot less bored with the content because it, uh, on social because it yeah. ends up being you know those few people that are just kind of doing it and and it gets watered down along the way yeah um and and so yeah i think that that documentation is so important and that brings me bringing up coverage corp yeah to to what you're doing now yeah so you're you're the vp of marketing at coverage corp talk to us about you know how you got there right yeah. and then and then i want to talk specifically about what you guys are doing on social media and and, and linkedin because I, I just think it's super interesting yeah yeah for sure um so uh, one thing you brought up there with with jeff uh, at coverage corp is and i think a lot of people stop themselves with limiting beliefs that they have to you know be at that destination if you will but the reality is it's it's really the journey and, and showing that you know look at I don't know everything. Um, you simply can't know everything. So documenting that and saying, you know, this is what I did today and this is how I'm learning from it and just sharing that, that's, that's great. Um, where, I, where I got into the role, so before Coverage Corp, I was the Director of Business Development and a Digital Marketing Strategist for a digital marketing agency. So with that role, I had a lot of hats. You know, I was, I was trying to lead the sales for the company and, you know, doing all the strategies for the clients. Um, so that got very, very overwhelming. I was an incredible opportunity. And, you know, as I started documenting myself, then one day this offer came in for the VP of marketing role. If I didn't document myself on LinkedIn, it never would have existed. Um, so I got the opportunity and I, I looked into it and you know, I'm leading a, a full team, designers, videographers, um, other marketing individuals. And that's super exciting to me. Uh, and I thought, you know, this, this is incredible. Um, and I want to jump on it. So I jumped on it. And then to bring up your point of, you know, like the, our, our branding, especially on LinkedIn is it's something I encourage. So, um, and this comes back to the point of, you know, there's so many limiting beliefs. People don't want to make videos. People don't want to document because they're fearful of whatever. And I had a conversation with everybody say, you know, look, this is anybody can do it. 
anybody could do it. You exist, you're breathing. You can record and document your life today. It may seem like it's not super exciting to you, or you may feel like you're not where you need to be, but I assure you, if you start documenting, people will be interested and they will follow you for you. Once again, showing your vulnerabilities and everything you're working on. So I relayed that to the company and I, and I, I said, you know, look, we're seeing a merger of these personal brands or reputation uh, and corporate brands. So um, I wanted to leverage that and, and encourage every employee to start building a personal brand that can, you know, be a promote the corporate brand. Um, with that said, um, you know, I wanted to first off identify any issues that could be associated with that. And the first one I thought of is what if they make a video and post something that's, you know, profound or out of alignment with the corporate brand and is actually damaging. So you have to, um, then the next step on that was to create, you know, what can we and what can't we do? Um, you know, first off, we had to think of the audience, the messaging, um, and then our limitations, right? So I built that out and then I created an approval process. So as people started creating content for the first time, I mean, Jeff's been in the game for a while, so I, I've been pretty comfortable with him. Um, and I know exactly what he's, what he's trying to put out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so they'd send me the, the video and I'd be like, yeah, this is great. It's hundred percent in alignment. Uh, love it. Uh, it's genuine. And what happened is crazy is, you know, we all started and now a couple of guys and girls would see this and they'd be like, you know, I might start doing it. And that's what I wanted. And yeah. then, um, so now we got, you know, the guy I'm working on right now is our CTO. I'm trying to convince him to start getting into some of his stuff. He's worried it might be a little too nerdy or whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. People, Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. People appreciate it. So that's, that's where we're at is right now. Uh, we have all these employees that are, you know, essentially just documenting their lives, their expertise. And, um, that directly correlates to huge, huge awareness and growth of the corporate brand. Yeah. And just for context, for anybody who hasn't seen Coverage Corp's pages, their employees' pages, so the first thing that stood out to me was that everybody's profile picture is similar in that kind of cartoon animated yeah. look. Everybody's background is the same, right? Yeah. So you've got a corporate identity visually. Yeah. But then if you go into each of their profiles, it's not just them resharing what Coverage Corp has posted recently yeah. or an article that was shared by the corporate page. It's their own personal brand and their own they all have their own hashtags and I just love it, man. And yeah. it, I geek out about stuff like that because I just that is so what companies need to do these yeah. days and i was telling you before we hit record I was speaking with somebody the other day a, a sales manager who has been active on linkedin before awesome person great insight great reputation in the sales community and has not been posting on linkedin because the leadership was was uh thinking that it was a bad idea that that uh, he shouldn't have his own personal brand. And what it was is that they hadn't thought it was important enough exactly. to put rules around. Yeah. So that's all you have to do. I'm not saying that give everybody, you know, the, the keys to the vault of all the stuff that they're going to show in their yeah. <laughs> personal life or no, 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 you don't have to, uh, you know, worry about that when you, can approach them and say, Hey, th 
we know you're going to do it. We encourage you to do it. And let's play, let's play in this sandbox. Yeah. I think I think that's, that's, I've heard that actually numerous times to be honest yeah. of, of corporations because they're, they're worried about the liability associated. Right. And, and I get I th- it. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. It does. But they're, they're, they're basically for the most part confused and not sure if they can justify giving it attention and creating those limitations and those rules uh, to manage those personal brands. And, you know, firsthand, I can say it's 100% worth it. Um, yeah. To do that. Yeah. Hands down. And, 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 What's so great is that then you have the people who want to do it and maybe are already doing it, like Jeff. Yeah, exactly. He came in already on his documentation journey, right? Yep. And when you start to empower those types of people, then that that social proof, like you said, and that, that awareness comes up, ooh, he's got... 25 likes on that last post and <laughs> and and the prospect that he was trying to get in touch with liked it or something like that you know yeah. and, and then you want to get into the game and really what it does is we live and operate in such noisy marketplaces yeah that when you have that first call with a prospect or you're in negotiation to to win their business and they can go and see the company that they're thinking about buying from and partnering with and yeah. doing all of this business with, and they can go look and see the CTO, what he's passionate about as a yeah. human and look at the sales guy who's been leading them through this process and see that he's a hardworking guy who stays to, you know, eight o'clock every night to, to serve his customers. I mean, that, those are advantages. Those are intangible Huge. things. And so I, I just, I wanted to highlight that because it, it's something I've been dying to talk to you about, first of all, because <laughs> I, I've, I've noticed it and I just love it. And, and you know, what a, what a great example of practicing what you preach because yeah. you wouldn't have even gotten that opportunity at Coverage Corp had it not been for your own documentation. So 100%. You're damn right you're telling everybody else to do it. You know? <laughs> I, I, yeah. just, I love it, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think, um, yeah, I think it's it's something that, you know, I, I encourage everyone to do if possible. And, uh, you know, if you are a corporation and you're, you've considered it, but you're not sure about it, I think it's uh, it's worthwhile to look into and say, you know, okay, what can we do to prevent against profanity or whatever it may be that's out, that could damage the brand? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned something too, you know, we're not all sharing the, the corporate stuff, but keep in mind, we, f- we do that from, you know, time to time, you know, understand the content ratio. We got to make sure we're building value and maybe 5% of it's corporate stuff. But think about it when we're all building personal brands that actually builds profile weight. And what I mean by profile weight is that when we engage on each other's stuff, the algorithm picks that up based on, you know, the, the engagements we get from our personal brands. So when we do, even if it's 5% share something from the coverage corp business page, well, that's a bunch of personal brands that have a decent amount of weight and a decent amount of views, each person that gets exposed to that. So that's why I really encourage building that personal brand. And it and definitely you don't want to saturate it with, with business stuff. I think it, it really should be personable and then have, you know, five, 10% maybe of the business stuff. And like you said too, even if you're not sharing business stuff, 
it's very clear that we're all at the same team because yeah of the branding of the cover photo of our, our you know yep. our cartoon photos and everything exactly. like that so yeah it ties it all together right yeah. and one of the things and i just recorded a little audio clip about this the other day is the idea of you know employee created content ecc and and the the interesting part is I know for a fact that there are people out there that have personal brands that get much better reach than their company's corporate page gets Yeah. as far as engagement and number of views. And so as a business, why wouldn't you want to leverage that kind of organic reach and empower your people to do it? So I, I think that's so great to, that, that you guys are doing that and, and just truly setting a good example for the way that, that people need to look at it. Um, and and really from our entire conversation i think your 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 journey of being willing to make yourself uncomfortable yeah to step outside of what you would normally want to do commit to staying consistent and then Huge. being able to reap the benefits of it and continue on that journey and scale it in different ways and it transforms over the years and, and becomes different things, you know, just so grateful that, that you took your time to come share that with us because I think everybody listening, you know, needs to, needs to think about these things, making yourself uncomfortable, connecting with other people, documenting your journey. It's all things that everybody needs to be thinking about. So just really appreciate you coming on, Jesse. Oh, thanks, James. I really uh, appreciate you having me. I think too, like, I mean, anyone that's in sales, um, you know, because I work in marketing, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, user experience stuff and, you know, trying to understand how to increase conversion rates and, and, and in particular, you know, sales ratios. So, you know, I think if you, you can really leverage what's, you know, LinkedIn or whatever your platform of choice may be, depending on your audience, um, you could really leverage that and you will see. So like when I did sales, I always incorporated, especially LinkedIn, you know, for business owners, I would connect with them on LinkedIn. They look at all my, you know, all my endorsements, so all of that. And that goes so far, that goes so, so far. And it, 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 it just takes a lot of resistance off your plate. And I think, uh, you know, salespeople need to, to try to document that. Like Jeff is, uh, he's building a personal brand. And that's something that if, you know, once again, consistency is huge. You have to be very consistent, but if he keeps at it, he's, you know, you, you really kind of set for life. You build a personal brand, people associate, um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. So. Yeah. Yeah. It really is the thing to do, especially if you're a salesperson, because it ends up making your life a little bit easier. And, and yeah. if, if you're, What's always struck me about, you know, connecting with other people is that I'm always just so pleasantly surprised at the end of it. Yeah. Always so pleasantly surprised, like, God, that person was so cool, or I had yeah. no clue that they had done that. And so if anything, at the very base level, just do it because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the not expecting something in return. Like I yeah. have conversations with people that, uh, you know, they start opening up to me about, you know, their mental illness and their challenges in life. And I'm like, gosh, this conversation's like really deep and I appreciate it. And like, mm -hmm. it's, and even those I, I would consider fun in the sense that you're, cause you're really connecting and, and yeah, making sharing things. Yeah, it's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I love it, man. So as, as we get to the end of the podcast here, I've got to ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. 
And yeah. that is, what is your favorite place to eat lunch at, Jesse? Favorite place to eat lunch is, we're just down the road for me right now. Um, it's a place I've gone to for several years. It's an Italian restaurant called Napoli's. And uh, just really good food, really good Italian food. And it's been a place I've, you know, I've set up a laptop and uh, had business conversations in. And it's just a nice setting. I love it, man. I love it. And, and you know, Italian food has made its way onto the list several times already. Yeah. So I think this is just becoming a theme. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really, really appreciate you taking the time to come speak with us, man. Thanks for having me, James.